peaceful and beautiful and physical and angry all at the same time. Well, you idiot, your mind would cave in and your heart would explode within your chest. This is going to be a shame. Here we go! Hello, everybody. Welcome inside episode 1234 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Thanks for joining us here today. And uh, we're touching base again. We're, we're going across the ocean to chat with our buddy Lever Sage, still living that Italian life. What's happening, man? Well, you got to get true to your roots. And it's nice that you waited for the easiest show that I could count. One, two, <laughs> three, four. Nice to talk to you. In 2024, Mr. Robinson, and I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I got lots of stories. I got some probably hot takes and a lot to get into as we turn the calendar. And I'm scared to death. Scared to death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of a certain team that's like green and yellow and, Mm -hmm. you know. We're going to get to that for sure. Entrenched in history and all that stuff. They're garbage. But if they end up, if they end up winning on the weekend, you're not going to be able to locate me for a while. So, um, well, how much further away can you get? How much harder to find could you be right now? Yeah, I'm pretty remote right now, (laughs) actually. Like if you tried, it would be very hard to find me, but I will, I will make it even harder because i can tell you going into and we'll get to lots of stuff i know you want to set it all up and what we're drinking and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but um i said before the weekend when it came to the nfl there were actually the if depending on whether dallas won or lost and depending on what else happened there was seven different possibilities of teams that they could face right and none of them were named philadelphia or san francisco (laughs) and so I was basically like, okay, I'll take any of them, but there's one I kind of don't want, and that's Green Bay. Well, (laughs) somebody freaking heard me and, like, of course had to make that happen. Again, we'll talk about it later, but it's not not what I want. I'm scared to death, but the only thing that I'm sort of clinging on to if something really bad happens on Sunday is that – if Mike McCarthy loses to his old team with a team that is much, much more talented than the Green Bay Packers and have had a better season and I think are a better team, if they end up losing, it should take them about 42 seconds to fire them <laughs> after the game. So there's that. But I don't want that to happen. I, I'm I'm scared to death. So it's nice to be able to talk to you. What are you drinking? Yeah, well, you know what calms me down when I'm scared, man, is a, is a pint now and then. Right? Yeah. So uh, just this morning, got a delivery from a brewery that uh, I've never put in an order from. I've tried a couple things here and there, but never gone into my okay. way to specifically order from. This is Flora Hall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Been there a few times. Yeah. So they've got a couple of, uh, had a couple things on their website I was interested in, a couple of stouts that we'll get to on a different episode. But this one, uh, this is their Northeast IPA. So uh, I don't believe I've tried this one before. But let me ask you, because I've been correcting myself seemingly for months. I keep calling them Northeast IPAs, and people keep correcting me. I know it's supposed to be a New England IPA. But this one says right here on the can, Northeast IPA. It's vindicated me. Yes. What, what do you think it stands for? The NE, what do you go with? Well, well there's what I think, and there's what I know. <laughs> uh, I know that you are technically correct. Now, these started as New England IPAs. Mm-hmm. And if anybody 
Like if you think of New England, you think of Massachusetts and you think of Boston and you think of, like that's a specific area. But the, the states that end up making up New England are basically most of the northeast. The northeast. Right? So when people call them northeast IPAs because they're probably made either in Maine or Vermont or New Hampshire or wherever, yes – Technically, they're all under this, the <laughs> states of New England. But I dare you to ask anybody on the street and say, New England, what do you think of? They will tell you Boston, yes. they'll tell you Massachusetts, yep. and they will not tell you about Vermont and Maine and New Hampshire and the rest of the states in the Northeast. <laughs> so I am going to begrudgingly start this new year off and agree with you completely All right. that, that you can call it a New England IPA and you might get off on a technicality that you're correct, but these are Northeastern IPAs because it's not just Massachusetts. It's the whole, like right. people don't think of New England as, as the four or five states that all combine together. They think of it as one, which that, sentiment is wrong so i i'm gonna side with you on this one gorgeous um yeah this is this is a strange way to start the year I, i'm not gonna get used to it but uh yeah i'll tell well, you the way we, we won't we won't continue that way <laughs> so i can promise you it's it's just the way my mind works right certain symbols trigger things in your head when i see ne you know i think of a compass yeah. i think of whatever and i just i blurted out before thing it's northeast but now i know i've got you backing me up i've got flora hall backing me up i'm riding with northeast you got one over there what are you sipping on today well, you'll like this. So I've tried a number of different beers as I've been over here. And uh, that's more of my thing, right? Like, yeah, people are into their wines and their – I've been to uh, two wineries, had a, one of the coolest experiences ever at, at a winery that is located uh, just a few days ago on – the soil of Mount Etna, which is an active volcano, it it has erupted twice in the last few months before getting here. Wow! Now, now that's not meaning that there's actually like little villages around Mount Etna, and they're not in danger when it, yeah, erupts, it doesn't go it erupts, off and destroy the countryside. <laughs> right, it erupts, and there's a show, and it, it, I mean, it looks a little bit more dangerous than it is. But it's also so cold at the top, you can see snow on the mountain. Like, right. It's not endangering those below them. But what happens, um, and I'm not the most technical guy to talk about this, but I do know that the lava and the ashes from the continuous active volcano um, into the soil creates a different type of soil than you can find anywhere else in the world unless there's another active volcano like there are other active volcanoes around the world sure. but it's only the consistent sort of ash that that goes the minerals go into the soil that creates this environment to have not only wineries but you know olive oil vineyards um and to be able to create both of them I had the coolest experience literally walked into a house halfway up Mount Etna, thought nobody was home, and oh, no, we're open. Come on in. 
like sat down yeah. with like part of the part of the family. <laughs> like kids, kids are coming home from school. Like wow, but here's our here's our wines, and here's this, and here's our olive oil, and here like and got to go in a bunker from the the. I believe the first world war is what they told us, but like literally on the end of their property to walk down into this concrete bunker that's sort of on the mountainside and people use to protect themselves at the end of the vineyard. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But all that said, I'm not a big wine drinker. Right. And so I'm looking in the stores. I'm looking for the groceries. There's lots of, they like their own stuff here. So there's, there's some variety, but there's a lot of the same stuff. And you know what I did? I said, you know what? One of my favorite beers that I can go to and go to the LCBO, go to the beer store at home and pick me up a beer de Moretti, which is one of their beers that is brewed here. Beer Moretti, Italian Pilsner. And I walked into the store and at home – these the tall cans are about give or take 360. They're either on sale for 355. If they're not on sale, they're 365 sometimes, but they're 360. Right. Okay. And they're a little bit taller than a normal taller can, about 25 milliliters more. So it's a, a very even 500 milliliter can that you buy in the LCBO mm-hmm. for about 360 a can. Well, I did my math. It took me a long time. Not a math guy. I had to write everything <laughs> down, go over some numbers, get Steve Bund in here to right. help me with some math because he's the, always the math guy. <laughs> but if I bought t- uh, 20 cans at the LCBO, it would cost me about $70, right? Yep. Give or take. Yep. Well, I bought the equivalent of 20 cans of beer Moretti. Now, they're in sort of taller uh, bottles, 660 milliliters a bottle. So there's 15 bottles. Right. Uh, but it's the same volume. The exact same volume as what 20 cans at home would be or in 15 bottles here. I bought those 15 bottles for 15 euro. Now, what is the so- the conversion to Canadian for me here? Uh, I haven't done it, but I want to say about, if I, even if I did my math wrong, about $23. Okay. <laughs> so Cheap drinking. $70 at home for a beer that I actually buy. And sometimes when you go, and this is like at all pubs, this is not a, a damning thing to anybody. But, you know, we like to go out and go to, you know, some Italian places, uh, Joe's Italian Kitchen. A big one. It's in Ottawa. It's in Almont. Right. You sit down. You order a pint of beer Moretti. It's nine bucks plus tax and tip. Um, I got fifteen bottles of six sixty, <laughs> which is like twenty cans. Yeah. And it cost me about a buck a can. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, literally, there's no tax here on any of the stuff. You walk in. I I put a box of fifteen beer Morettis down in the bottles, and they're like, "That'll be fifteen euro, please." And I hand it over and <laughs> smiled happily much. and carried so, on. So, so while I have tried a number of different things and I still, that one I told you last time is still my favorite beer that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because on the, the island of Sicily, there's not as many. They like to keep to their own. And so, 
you know, again, some choice, but I'm having a beer to Moretti and it's cheap and I love it and it tastes even better brewed over here than it does at home. I bet. Okay. Uh, so where are we finding you right now? I know at some point you're moving. Are you still in the same place that we talked to you over the holidays or have you moved along? What have you been up to, man? What's going on yep. over there? Uh, still in the same place. Uh, moving along soon back up the country. Um, and what I love about it is that I don't have an exact plan. I couldn't even tell you the exact plan, <laughs> uh, which, which I love. But still in the same place. And I was telling you off the air a little bit. Um, man, surrounded by, uh, a couple of major towns, about half an hour, 40 minutes each way. Um, a very touristy town that's close, uh, we're not in a touristy town. Um, we're in right now and it's just amazing. Went to a, a restaurant up the top of a mountain. And when I see the top of the mountain, I mean, like you're driving by the mountain and you're like, there's no way they packed a little tiny town and city up the top of that. Oh my God. It looks like they did. There's no way. And you drive up and it's about 20, 25 minutes up the winding roads to get to the top of the mountain and walked in. It felt like my description of it was that it felt like, um, if for anybody that's been to like Disney World or in one of those like Harry Potter world, everything's very like small and compact and sharp and you're in this it looks fake. Right. It looks like a, a movie set. It looks like something that's just a facade. Yeah. Not real. Go up to the top, it's kind of a colder night for here. Not that many people up there. Oh, there's this bar you got to try, blah, 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 blah. Didn't realize it was a bar that was, I would say, I don't know how to describe this to you, Matt. I would say a bar full of male genitalia <laughs> just done in. Hopefully also fake. Yes, also fake. Not people no, sitting there with no pants on. No real, but. Done in a very, I guess, as classy of a way as you could picture a place that had a lot of it. It's on, like, it's on the lamps. It's on the armrests. It's on, like, there's, I ordered some Italian, Italy's famous and Sicily famous for their almond wine. Okay. So they're like, it's sweet. So lots of nuts in this place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thank you. I see where you're going with that. Um, but so I order the almond wine because I haven't had it. We're in Sicily. Apparently, it's very sweet. It, like if you're a regular wine drinker, you're not going to like it. It's almost like a dessert wine liqueur. Okay. But I'm like, I got to have this, right? I got to try it. So I order it and it comes in a shot glass. Oh, no. Clear shot glass. Yeah. That is uh – -huh. Everything you're thinking in your mind right now is what it is. Like, it's a clear male genitalia shot glass. And I'm like, what am I doing? Well, what's happening Do I have here? to put this to my mouth? <laughs> so it, it was what was the mountain shaped like, Lee? Is it a <laughs> yeah. So 
The town is called actually. There's a big castle on the very, very, very top. It's called Castle Amora, <laughs> and um, you know the bar is called Ball Bar <laughs> Ball. <laughs> yeah, the Ball Bar. Uh, uh, bar Teresi, and again, it's not like it's this. To walk in, like there's nobody in this town. It's it's on a Sunday night. It's kind of later. It's colder. The drive up the mountain is like these sharp turns. You don't see any cars. You get there, there's a waiting list. Like, oh yeah, your table will be ten or fifteen minutes. We gotta wait for people. You're like, what? Like, what? What do you mean? Like, it, it can't be. And it's not a very large bar. It's very. Um, it's one of those bars that's kind of four or well, five levels. Maybe it's got high. A, maybe it's a grower, not a shower. Lee. It's, well, it's four <laughs> or five levels high. Okay, but it, there's only say four or five tables on each floor. Right. Um, it's not the cool size. It's that, how you use it. It's how. You, and the cool thing I thought, well, first of all, is one of the best pizzas I've, I've had, and lots of great food. And they send all the pizza or all the pizza, all the food and drinks up in like a food and drink elevator right like so the so you can waiter get it. Or so you wait, can get wait. it so you can get it up yeah see there's just so much for you to lean into here <laughs> yeah. isn't there yeah really is. uh, um but it's cool the waiter sits there and presses you know the button and literally the elevator opens and all your food's there and it's like okay <laughs> Uh, anyway, really interesting experience. I'll send you some pictures. That's okay. Of uh, yeah, no, you you've leaned into this too much. Now you're getting the pictures. What you do with the pictures, I don't care. But are these, anyway, you're gonna are these get pictures them Instagram safe, or my account gonna get deleted? No. And, and, and so I don't know why I'm on this theme right now because I don't mean to be. But so in this l- little town called Latoyani, it's not Castlemore, a different town. Larayani, just below, um, went on a small pub crawl the oh, other yeah. night yep. and uh, started out. Uh, there was this one really wanted to go to called the Twin Pub, owned by That's a obviously Twin. Yeah, no, uh, obviously <laughs> twins um, from Sicily. But I walked in. I think did I tell you the last time I got my hair cut at an Italian barber? No. Did I tell you that? No. Okay, so I walked in and I. I went to this Italian barber shop and it was everything that you would think. <laughs> like it's kind of in the middle of of this street area, but it's got its own little place. It's not in like a shopping mall or center. It's it's on its own, standing on its own in the middle of this kind of square where people congregate. And you walk in and and my man, Anibale. Is he's cutting my hair and he's really not understanding a ton of what I'm talking about, but we are communicating. And you know, there's people that come in and and oh, and even they chow and blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> and he's kind of not yelling at them, but talking to them and loudly. And then all of a sudden they leave, and he goes and he's still cutting my hair, and he goes back. And it's must have happened five or six times. People just walking in, say hello. I don't know what they wanted. I don't know what they were talking about. And at the end, he's like, "Just go anywhere in this town. Tell them you're friends with the Nibale. They will, they will like greet you and wow. make sure that if they, I, I'm fam- basically I'm famous in this right. town. Right now, this town is very small, and he probably is famous sure. in the town. Yeah, walked into the Twin Pub, and it's this very historic old. It's 
like cut out of this rock that used to be there, you know, hundreds of years ago. One of the coolest little places I've ever been. First person I see, Anibale. <laughs> and all of a sudden, oh, hey, ciao, Baba, totally remembers me. I didn't even look at him. Totally <laughs> brought, brought me over, said hello. It's like, how do you run into your own barber right. at, the, at the pub in this little town? But so the twin pub, man, it was so cool. But there was another pub along the way that I, I'm not sure that I was able to uh, make the connection. Uh, I would say that I was the one that wasn't able to make the connection. I don't know what that says about me. But there was a pub called the Horn Pub. Okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, that's cool. Like, it sure. looks like a regular bar. It, there's not a lot of bars in this little town. Looks like a pretty cool place to go. Should, we should go there sometime. Mm-hmm. Well, the Horn Pub, if I say the Horn Pub, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Uh, more penises, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, in a way of like if you mix the letters up. Sure, yeah. And instead of Horn Pub. Oh, the Horn Pub. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny. And, yeah, and then I realized, okay, uh, it was you know pointed out to me, yeah. same colors. Right. Okay. Same. Same sort of. Um, you know, was told. Oh, they're playing off of of Pornhub. I'm right. like, no, they're not. no, they're not. <laughs> like, it's just a pub called the Horn Pub. But they're not. They're doing funnier you know, things with our language than we are. <laughs> yeah, like the black and the yellow. Yeah. And stuff like I, I'm like, nah, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> Walked into the bar, totally like cool little like downstairs in the bar. But normal bar. Right. And then you start looking at the drinks. Mm. And then you realize, yeah, there's more ties here than... A lot of cocktails. A lot of, a lot of porn star <laughs> martinis, a lot of different options okay. there. Um, there are a couple of drinks I'm not allowed to say the name. <laughs> um, and you start to realize real quick when you look at the menu. But I say that uh, they had some import beers and one of the beers was called Freak. Right. And it was, I believe, a Belgian beer. I could be mistaken on that. But they had some different varieties of a beer in a bottle called Freak. And I'll send you a picture of that. It was a, a darker beer, had some, um, some, some cherry and fruit notes with some caramel flavors. And my God, was uh, one of the best beers that I've had, certainly in being here. Right. Freak. Freak. Um, so yeah, I know I've told you a lot of freaky stories here over the last little <laughs> bit, but that's just been part of what's what's gone on here and done some exploring. Been to you know a mall that I was in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, "There's no way there's even a mall here." And you walk in, it's the most beautiful mall you've ever been in. <laughs> um, weird thing, weird thing, dude. I, I I know and I get it. People, your listeners, you have small animals that you take with you to certain places i get it like it's part of it's becoming more of our, our culture right you have a especially a small dog you take the dog places that you go it comes with you sure um you've never seen anything like an italian mall that every other person has a small dog and they brought it to the mall and like 
department stores, dogs screaming at each other. <laughs> like everywhere you go, there's just another dog. Yeah, another that's dog, not for me. Another dog. <laughs> and it's not for me either. Uh, I love dogs. Sure. Probably, you know, my favorite had dogs growing up. Um, don't care if you're a dog person, cat person, horse person, whatever. It's great that you're, you love animals. Sure. I love dogs probably more than, than most. I did not, there was points I didn't want to be in the mall right. because I'm in a department store and they're, you know, screaming at each <laughs> other. They're everywhere. You're worried about stepping on them. Yeah. They're all around. Like it's, it's nuts. Man, I've never, never, it's like every second person in Italy has a dog, a small dog. Yeah. And brings them shopping. Like, like uh, crazy. However, uh, great wineries. I was in, we're in the winery the other day and I looked to my right and there was kind of the mountainside and I looked to the, the left and there was the volcano. And then I looked sort of to the other side and the ocean was there. And I'm like, I'm at a winery. I can see the vineyard. I can see the volcano. I can see the mountain hillside and I can see the ocean. I'm doing okay. Yep. Not a bad place to post up. No, just, just like the Leafs are doing okay, and just like the Senators aren't doing okay, Matthew. Well, um, I was. Where do you gonna, want to start? Yeah, I, I can go anywhere. Where do you want to start? I was going to leave it to you, but I, I'm going to. I got something here from a listener I want to hit you with, and uh, yeah, the, let's go. Said, uh, tell Lee that the apple of his eye wants yeah. to know what he thinks of the Cowboys. Now you touched on this a little bit going in. That's obviously our buddy Matt McIntosh, um, and. Yes. Uh, and listen, you sort of touched on it off the hop, but you know, there, it's playoff time. It's it's time for the Cowboys to either do the thing or, you know, continue a fairly disappointing legacy. Um, this is not the matchup you wanted, but, you know, how, how do you think they stack up? Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. <laughs> and when I say that, I don't mean you. Um, <laughs> so how do I think that they match up? I think they match up pretty well. I think their quarterback is having a year of redemption. I think he is a much better quarterback than the quarterback on the other side. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to the way that CeeDee Lamb can manipulate defenses on his own, uh, that the Green Bay defense, although better, is not such a great defense that I'm worried about them shutting down the Dallas offense. Right. Uh, there's a lot of good matchups. If I look at this with my head, that feels good that look, it's really easy when you go into playoffs to say that the team that won more games and looked more dominant over the course of the season is a better team sure. than the team that, kind of snuck in at the end. But yep. the, all of that all of that doesn't matter anymore. And I don't care what the records were. I care about what the matchups are in this matchup. I like the matchup, but my heart tells me that a couple of games ago Mike McCarthy again screwed up the clock, <laughs> screwed up the end of a game and was 
to say fortunate to win the game. They probably they didn't deserve to win the game against Detroit. And the only thing I would say to all the fans screaming about that one is, yeah, two games ago, the same play happened to the Cowboys where the Cowboys reported the guy. It didn't get called. They lost the game. Nobody cried because nobody feels bad for the Dallas Cowboys and everyone feels bad for the poor Detroit Lions. Um, Sounds like not everyone. Yeah, not everyone. (laughs) And it's the same thing. The same thing happened to both teams two weeks apart. And at least realize that when you're you're saying that in that game, Dallas didn't deserve to win and Mike McCarthy screwed it up. And that's my point. So am I worried about Mike McCarthy and his game management? Yes. Am I worried about Dak Prescott getting off to a bit of a slow start, forcing balls into CeeDee Lamb because he thinks he has to and making mistakes? Yes. Am I worried about the Cowboys not keeping with the run game and understanding that Green Bay's defense isn't the greatest defense in the world and they need to establish whether it's Pollard or somebody else to make sure that they keep that defense off balance. I think they're very capable. I think they've done it all year to a lot of good teams, but this is a different time. And what I really am worried about, which I haven't got to yet, everyone lauds this Dallas defense and man, they can pressure the quarterback and Micah Parsons is awesome. And when you watch him, like I do every play of every game, you understand how good this this guy is the most I don't watch every defensive lineman every snap of every game all year long right. I just don't that's you it's impossible to do that sure. I think unless you get paid to analyze the game on a full-time basis but this guy is the biggest disruptor on defense that I have seen since like I don't even know what examples I don't want to put him in the categories of some of the all-time greats, but if he keeps going like this, I've, I've just never seen somebody disrupted, uh, been this much of a disruptor on defense as one person that teams can't find a way to stop. But what the Dallas Cowboys are, are a team that loves to play man in the secondary and they love to put pressure on the quarterback thinking that that man coverage will hold up because it only has to hold up for Two seconds because their defensive lineman and their pressure is going to get to the quarterback and the quarterback's going to have to make quick decisions. So you're not going to be in man coverage for three, four or five seconds, which ends up killing you because you can't cover somebody for that long. Right. This team gives up big chunks when they miss. When they're in man coverage and their pressure doesn't get to the quarterback, They're in big trouble because they're actually, I would say, on the bottom end of the league and giving up these chunk plays, and it scares me half to death (laughs) because Jordan Love and that Green Bay offense, they're not great, but they can come up with a couple of plays of guys that can beat you, and Dallas is susceptible to that. And if... Anybody who has watched the Cowboys all year long, like most teams, but I don't know if I've seen a team like this in a very long time. When the Dallas Cowboys have a lead, and I don't even care if it's seven points, but if they get to 10, it is almost impossible to beat them because of a lack of running game, 
understanding what the pressure will get to the quarterback if they give them more opportunities to. And they're just a very difficult defense to be able to score points when you have to score and you're down. But when this team plays even or from behind, they're an average football team. And the longer the game goes that Green Bay is in it, the more confidence it will give them and the more apprehensive Dallas will get. And it scares the living bejesus out of me. <laughs> um, because, and I'm, I'm hanging on to this. Like I said, I'm not, I actually believe in Mike McCarthy more than most. I think he's instilled a couple of things on this team of through confidence. Whenever Kellen Moore left and everyone said Mike McCarthy's taken over, Kellen Moore is leaving, the team's going to get so much worse. You know what they got? Better. They got way better. He's a really good play caller to keep the offense on the field, to keep the defense fresh, and to keep his chances of playing with the lead and not having to come from behind and score 40 points a game to win. They score 40 points because other teams have to take chances because they're down 14 or 17, and Dallas capitalizes, and they score 40. But they don't have to score 40 to win. Right. So... If Mike McCarthy screws this game up, it'll take them 42 <laughs> nanoseconds to fire him. And if he loses to his old team, because Green Bay is simply not as talented and not as good as the Cowboys. But that, all of that doesn't matter if it doesn't show up on Sunday afternoon. Um, Sunday night, about a 10.20, 10.30 p.m. start here. And I will be scared to death all day long. Well, you mentioned there you're about six hours ahead of us, so the time zones are a little wonky. You're on vacation. You probably won't be able to sit down and watch every game like you would if you were back home here. But I'm curious, outside of the Cowboys, is there another one that that you're like salivating over this matchup? This is going to be awesome, like that you will go out of your way to try and find? What else has got your eye? I can tell you what it won't be. (laughs) Um, The game that everyone, the fact that the Cleveland Browns are playing the Houston Texans in the playoffs is like... Um, sure. Tell me what happens. Uh, now if I were home and just, that was what I was doing on the weekend, I'd be interested. I love the NFL and I love the intensity of playoff games, Mm -hmm. but I'm not home. And the fact that Cleveland are two and a half point favorites in Houston, I don't even know how someone came up with that number. (laughs) I, I, I really, really don't. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people will point to it, but there's two on my radar that are, uh, first and foremost, and that, that Kansas City-Miami game, um, you're talking about Tyree Kill going up against his former team. You're talking about, I think, and, and I used to say this when I was on TSN, I still think it now, I think the most innovative, new wave, coolest coach in the NFL is Mike McDaniel, and it's not close. I love Mike McDaniel. Hmm. Um, I think he is the next thing in the in the NFL if he isn't already he's completely changing the game and the way that people go about it if he can keep his players healthy this is the, like the new wave of of coach and he's leading the charge I I got I love him I, I like have a man crush on Mike McDaniel but he's also going up against maybe the best and most experienced coach and even though Mike McDaniel's got a hell of a quarterback and a relationship with his quarterback in Tua, he's going up against Patrick Mahomes. And I don't care. You're in a playoff game and Patrick Mahomes again playing at home. Yeah. Doesn't have to play him still. Like, uh, I can't wait to watch that game. And 
I can't wait to see what happens because it's going to be dynamic. You're going to see some massive plays and you're really going to see some, some strategy because Kansas City is not as good as they used to be. And they're going to have to pull out some things in this game to beat Miami. And Mike McDaniel is not afraid. One thing, he, he might lose this game. He'll go down swinging by using his best and being the most innovative guy there. And I, I can't wait to watch that. And then the other one for me that, I mean, there's some delicious storylines, aren't there? Like from from the Lions and the Rams. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt Stafford going back to Detroit and what the Rams used to be and what the Lions are supposed to be. And are like, we can talk with the Cowboys all we want, but I still don't know what the Lions are. You can tell me they're good. Yeah, I'll wait for a couple of playoff games to see how good they really are because I, I, I just simply don't believe in crunch time that they're going to make the play that needs to happen to win the football game. Right. Um, so I'm fascinated in that one just from storylines. But if you told me a couple of weeks ago that the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> God's creation of the greatest football team in the world and Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni is the best thing that's ever happened to the game – would be three-point favorites on the road against Baker freaking Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who honestly stink. I don't care what you tell me. This is not a good football team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're not. But I guess that shows you where the Eagles really are. What, and that, what a stunning and finish to the year for them. Like Yeah. and that. But look, all of that doesn't matter going into the playoffs. And they have experience. They have what it takes. But we all know that ball of momentum that rules, if that's who you are in the last four or five weeks, man, that's hard to change, um, especially in the NFL. I think you can change it in the NHL. I don't think it matters as much in the NBA and other sports unless it's over like a very long period of time, not a couple of weeks. But I think in the NFL – if you're like three or four weeks straight, if that's who you are, that's pretty much who you are. Right. Uh, so it's a larger sample size in that league, right? It's it's a larger yeah, percentage a, of your year. Yeah, it's uh, just think about the NHL and what a team does over the course of an entire month. Yeah, and and then judge them from there. Like I have this ends with three wins in 14 games over the last month. It's really impressive. Um, <laughs> we'll get, we'll get to that yeah. later, but, but the Eagles to me are, and some of this is Matt, because I loathe them. I like, I, I hope Tampa, I don't even like Baker Mayfield in Tampa. I hope they beat them by 60. Like I, I literally hope the score is 62, nothing. <laughs> and you have the same Arthur, Smith running across the field to yell at the New Orleans Saints when they scored a touchdown late. Uh, if you don't like it, stop them. I hope Tampa scores again and makes it 69 to nothing. But I know that's probably not going to happen. So, it does seem unlikely. Yeah. But I, I'm fascinated at who the Eagles really are. And it's not the Tampa part of that game that fascinates me. If I'm able to take my loathing hatred away from the Eagles, I think even you know someone like you who doesn't – you don't have a rooting interest That's for right. or against the Eagles, right? Yep. But you can see they're not playing very well. No. And, and they're a shell of what they either should be or used to be. 
I'm not sure if they still should be great or they just are who they are. But I do find it fascinating to have this play out to see exactly who they are. And that starts in Tampa coming up on the weekend. So that, that fascinates me as well. Yeah. Uh, always one of the what, most exciting um, weekends of the year. What about sure. you? So as a guy that, you know, you, I don't want to say that you don't, but it's hard to love the Cowboys as much as I love the Cowboys. It's true. So it's, yes. It's, you have a bit more of an objective view of this weekend. So what are you looking forward to? That That is one of the ones. And maybe it is because it's the Cowboys, right? Whether you love them or yeah. hate them, they are often the main event. Everybody's sort of got half an eye on the Dallas Cowboys. And yep. and so you go, you know, despite the difference in, in record and, and the, uh, you know, the Cowboys being the favorite, the Packers are another iconic franchise. So that'll be probably the one that if I'm going to sit down and as you know, I'm not a huge NFL guy, but I do start to lock in a little bit more uh, during the playoffs. So yeah, that's probably the one that uh, right now I'm eagerly awaiting, right? That I'll actually sit down and watch start to finish. And like you said, I don't really have a rooting interest in that one or in the the Eagles. It's been a while since I've had a team in the NFL. And that's probably why I'm not following it as closely as I used to is just because without a rooting interest, it's, you know, kind of hard to to get super pumped up about every Sunday or Mm -hmm. whatever it's going to be. So uh, but the playoffs are always entertaining, so that it'll probably be the, you know, the Packers and and the Cowboys, man. It's a those that's that is a name brand matchup, right? The, that's iconic oh, franchises, it, and you don't see it all that often. So this is going to be cool. And I think the ratings will show you that even though Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore, um, good riddance. It's the it's the yeah, <laughs> telling me. Uh, but it's still the Dallas Cowboys playing the Green Bay Packers yep. in the playoffs and the former coach of the Green Bay Packers who won a Super Bowl is now the coach of the Cowboys trying to win a Super Bowl. This It's an easy fight gonna, to sell. This is going to be one of the biggest ratings you're going to see, especially if the game's close because, as you said, there'll be way more people tuning in hoping Jordan Love <laughs> is able to connect with two minutes to go to beat the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas in the playoffs. Well, I thought that was interesting. Like the way you laid that out is so right. Like hold it tight, hold it close as long as you can. See if you can get the Cowboys, many of whom who have not been a part of some of the big collapses over the years. Right. But it's something about that helmet. It's something about that Jersey. Oh my God. Is it going to be us that this happens to this time? Meanwhile, the Packers, like you said, they got nothing to lose. So just hold it tight as long as you can. See if you can march in the fourth quarter and just get that one score you need while the other team's getting a little nervous. Yeah, I, I think it's not just it isn't just the name brand matchup. I think it's a fascinating matchup just in, oh. in you know, everything we just laid out there. It's- yeah, it, it is because, as you said, I don't know if I've seen a team and that's why I didn't want Green Bay. They when Aaron Rodgers left and Jordan Love came in and they started slow and he's going to take a while to get going and blah, yeah. blah, 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 they don't have anything to lose. They are expected to lose this football game and mm-hmm. Dallas is expected to win this game. Right. And while some of the players haven't been a part of the collapses over the years, I've been, I, I've been on saying that Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than people give him credit for. He proved me right this year. 
but this year is not over. And Dak Prescott needs to perform like Tony Romo needed to perform, right. like the, the, the quarterbacks before them. They have this, like, what is everybody thinking? They're, they're thinking that Dak Prescott will run the ball with no timeouts and he'll run it up the middle of the field and he'll try and clock the the ball to get the time stopped and run out of time in a playoff game because that's who Dak Prescott is. And it's up to Dak Prescott to prove them wrong because it's not just one year. Well, do you know what it reminds me of, man? Because the stories continue and you know, everything is about the Leafs. It reminds me of 2018 Mm -hmm. Leafs Bruins game seven. The Leafs have the lead going into the third period. Now in this case, it's only a one goal lead as opposed to four one back in, in 2013. But that's what people are texting me. That's what people are tweeting about is, oh, my God. There was one. There was no one left. I guess JVR was the only guy who was on the 2013 team and the 2018 team. And you go, this it's not the same group. These aren't the same guys. Maybe they'll win. Maybe they'll lose. But like, it's not like these guys are ingrained with blowing game sevens. Now, later on, we might decide that oh yes they are again but that 2018 team specifically isn't that but leaf fans are scarred right like the leaf brand has been through that and so that's sort of what you're tied to and that these cowboys players as you know as we pointed out here not all the same guys but same fan base same uniform same and it, it starts yeah. to roll on same, you right and you start and to same, go and same quarterback right that's, you go the it's quarterback's not the main guy we're not the same team but when that moment of, oh my God, it's happening to us too, starts to set in, it can rattle you just as easily, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. And, and you said it right. It doesn't matter what, like, CeeDee Lamb hasn't choked in a playoff right. game in his career. And he just had, like, the best year of any Cowboys receiver in the history of the game, including Michael Irvin and Des Bryant and whoever you, like, um, Drew Pearson and, mm-hmm. and like, he had the best year. He hasn't choked in a playoff game, but he's still going to feel some of this. Sure, go- going into they're at home. They've been dominated at home this year. They lose in big spots a lot, and although they've won a couple playoff games over the past couple of years, and they've they went into Tampa and ruled Tampa and retired that old fogey Tom Brady to never be heard from again until I see him on TV next year. And I'm so glad he went out losing by like a hundred, like the Dallas Cowboys put it to him last year. But you know what people don't remember? They retired him pretty definitively. Yeah. They don't remember that. No, They remember 12 points in San Francisco when they needed to score a lot more than that to win a football game. They scored 12 and couldn't do anything against the 49ers for the second year in a row. And that's what they remember because that's what they should remember. I'm sorry. I'm glad your Leafs won a freaking playoff series last year. I remember them getting hammered by the Florida Panthers. Yep. That's what I remember. And I, I'm maybe it'll help them this year going into the playoffs yeah. that they did win around last year. Maybe. And they got some of that monkey off their back that everyone been talking about. But I remember them being hammered by a team that honestly is not as good as them. And well, I know Florida made the final. I get it. I guess who they're, they're matched as- up with. It looks more and more like who they'll be yeah. facing in the first round this year. So Exactly. But that's what people remember yeah. until you start. Like, you need to get to, if you're the Leafs, you have to get to the 
the Eastern Conference Finals at least. Yeah. Maybe get to the Stanley Cup. You don't have to win, but you got to prove that you can get there. And it's the same thing as the Cowboys that need to get to the NFC Championship game. They need to win a couple playoff games. They need to get to the NFC Championship game. And they need to have a chance to win that. Or they need to get to the Super Bowl for people to understand that they are not the same team anymore. Well, we're on the precipice of finding out if they're that team. I actually think that they are. And going through a couple of matchups, if it all works out this way, right, you're probably going to see the Cowboys have a couple of home playoff games again against teams that are not named Philadelphia or San Francisco. And that's all you can ask for. They, they they could not have this laid out any better. They're at home. They're dominant at home. They're the number two seed. And the way if all the favorites win, they're not going to have to face Philadelphia next round. It's going to be Philly and San Francisco. Right, yeah. So there isn't anything more for them to do other than go out and win the games that they have to win. And I'm scared talking about this. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Lever. Well, I'm going to open the floor to you here because the good listener, they're still hearing from me almost every day, right? And and you're oh, the guy who's – honestly, yeah. man, I know. They they love it. So, uh, But you've been off the radar a little bit here, so I don't know what you've been following. I don't know what you've been watching. I don't know what's on your mind. Why don't you take us somewhere here? What do you want to talk about? Well, good news for you and probably your listeners. Uh, as much soccer as I've seen in every restaurant, bar – uh, everywhere I've been, there's a soccer game on. Um, <laughs> heaven forbid I call it football. Right. Uh, I asked in a couple places that had the best chances of like, do they even show American football? And it was like, what? Like American <laughs> soccer? Like, no. Yeah, nobody's calling soccer. it for the MLS. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Not soccer. Yeah. Football. Oh, no, we don't. No, no. And then every <laughs> if, if there's not a soccer game on, there's soccer highlights. Of course. Like, like that's it's all it is. So um, everything that's sort of been on my radar has been sort of my own, hey, I'm going to sit down and stream this or I'm going to sit down and stream that. And uh, as you know, I do have a, another podcast. This is wrestling that I, try and, that I try and keep up on. So I do have to keep up on some of the latest goings on in the world of professional wrestling, right. but obviously in staying in touch with people back home and, um, and following along, like I told you last time and I, man, what a, what a great opportunity sometimes to follow where you're not inundated with like the everyday minutia of <laughs> second unit power plays and third pairing defensemen's and, like, I know that that's – and it's what I did and it's what I still will do when I get home and it's what I love and all that stuff. But it's a it's a great opportunity to really be a way where nobody gives up flying you-know-what other than are the teams winning or losing. And they don't like to even think about a second-unit power player or a third-pairing defenseman and this isn't working. Like, it just doesn't – it doesn't exist in my world right now. And sure. I love that. Yeah. I, I honestly, I stay away from it because I love the fact that I don't know and I'm not 
completely submerged into somehow <laughs> Eric Brandstrom is costing the Ottawa Senators a playoff spot. It's like, no, that's no, your new star not. left winger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. show some respect. Yeah, well, he's no Mark Borowiecki on the wing. I'll tell no, you that. Few are, uh, <laughs> but it's nice to not be in that. Um, I'm so encouraged. I don't think I've ever hoped. Now, I'm not a Sens fan. And I know that you portray me one because I'm a Leafs hater and all that <laughs> stuff. But I I like the Senators to do well because a lot of people that I know benefit from them doing well. Sure. And when they and when they don't do well, um, the you know, and you have these people too that 100%. You, that whether what whatever business that they're in, the city is better. The restaurants, the bars, the mental sports health. radio, <laughs> the yeah, like everything in the city benefits. You know, mentally, financially, when the senators are doing well, and for like the seventh year in a row, they're not, and it just it really sucks for a lot of people, and. I actually am very uh, empathetic towards those people. It doesn't matter to me whether they win or they lose, but I'll tell you what, um, and we don't have to stay on this for very long, but I don't know that I've ever been happier that this team is consistently losing the way that they are losing right now because I don't think it's ever mattered more that people actually get to see who they are, that people that are in very competent in their positions and good hockey people are in the positions and the excuses are zero. Right. When like, I don't know. Yeah. You don't want this to be cloudy, right? That, well, maybe if this and this had gone our way and this and that, no, they're bad. Right? Like, no, no, it's it's the best thing because the cloudiness, the the mediocrity, the hoping for one or two things to go your way and things will be different. It's a load of crap. Yeah, you're either good and you consistently prove that you're good, or you're not good. And the senators are not good, and they've not been good for a very long time. And the fact that. From Michael Ann Lauer to Steve Steos to Dave Poulin, who I'm so glad I haven't had a chance to talk to you about Dave Poulin. Mm-hmm. I don't know Dave Poulin as like a friend, but he used to be a regular on my show before, you know, he got stolen because he was so good <laughs> that that somebody else, who I do respect a lot, took him because they also know that he was good and they basically pulled rank and were like, yeah, he's so good that we're going to take him instead. Even though he's like doing really well with you and you pull the best out of him, we're going to take him instead. Um, and I say that in, in somewhat jest and somewhat real, Some, somewhat, uh, uh, you know, there, there's some reality in that. Yeah. Um, the, the one or two good things that we did all the time, you're going to take from us. Like, come on. Um, but Dave Poulin is an awesome hockey mind that is such a measured uh, – when it comes to the hockey IQ part of it, he is so measured and so unbiased to what he sees. 
it's just another piece. So when you start to list, and I don't know Michael Anlauer personally or Steve Steos. Can I just say quickly, because the good the listener who's been around here for a little while knows that I'm I completely disagree with you on Dave Poulin. <laughs> Yeah, um, and you're and you're wrong. So tell me why you're wrong. Oh, okay, I'd love to hear. Okay, it. that's 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 fun. Um, and the good listeners heard my thing, so I'm not going to go too in depth here. Everything I've heard about him is that he's an awesome guy. Okay, so this isn't a personal thing. I've never met the man, right? I did watch him help destroy the Toronto Maple Leafs, make baffling moves for several years with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then for whatever reason, he was placed on my Toronto Maple Leafs regional broadcast to t- give me his expertise when I just watched you ruin the thing. Why do I want to hear more from you? So maybe he's a great guy, maybe okay, a different fair. change of perspective. I, I don't yep. know. Um, what I would say to you, though, and I, I guess I would just ask you, when you are blaming him for I said helped, said helped, not didn't that, blame yeah. him solely. There are certain organizations like what the senators used to be that one or two people could have the ability to ruin things if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Leafs, it's not that easy. And there are lots of voices and lots of people to answer to and all kinds of different. Yeah, this was no matter part of the Burke and then Nonus management yeah. group. So the Burke especially big personality. He's the guy. I certainly understand that, but he was part of the brain trust through one of the mm-hmm. darkest periods in Toronto Maple yeah, Leafs history. No, and that's fair. Shani came yeah. in, gave him a year. Like if you remember Shani, when he came in, watched for a year to see what, he, and then Pooley was part of that black Monday yeah. when they just fired everybody. And so look, yeah, yeah that that's, okay, I, I so, would be weary I'm, of hiring Dave Poolin. Okay. But all I'm saying is that now I see a group that is Michael Anlauer and Steve Steos and Dave Poulin and Jacques Martin and Daniel Alfredson. They seem pretty high on now, Ryan Bonus. He got a title bump as well. So yep, they're building a brain exactly. trust there. Yep. So I would have a hard time, even if I disagreed with a Dave Poulin in a meeting or Ryan Bonus in a meeting, I would have a hard time thinking that I could put all six of those people together and they are going to royally screw it up. I'm going to give that group the benefit of the doubt that with their experience and where they've been in different parts of the game, Mm -hmm. that this is such a better situation that the senators used to have where they used to have a general manager that either didn't want to hire other people and then was forced to hire other people. And it was so awkward. All those other people had to leave. Yeah. And yeah, were they no, ever you won't the right- get any argument from me that they are better off now than they were. Certainly. Okay. Yeah. But my only point is that I don't even know how great that group is, but I do know that there's enough experience in that the entirety of the group mm-hmm. That it's not on that – I don't think that group is going to massively screw things up when you have the same players that are actually the ones that have screwed it up. Now, there's no more excuses for the players. They've lost 11 of their last 14. Yeah, They give up 4.36 goals against in those last 14 games. One of them hard to win that way. <laughs> yeah, one of seriously, you give up four and a half goals a game when you absolutely have to win games. Yeah, and <laughs> and my whole point here, Matt, is that the true colors are showing, 
And the only way to fix this problem is to have the true colors show so that you can identify with smart hockey people. And I'm going to, like I said, give that group the benefit of the doubt that Mm -hmm. between the six of them, they're going to identify what is good and what is not. And it's time to hold the people accountable that are on the ice. And I look, I'm not a fan of Pierre Dorian. I don't think he did a great job in a lot of instances. I think he surrounded himself with a bunch of people that either were going to agree with him or they weren't going to be there. Right. And I don't think that's a way to run a company because it's basically you're telling everyone you're trying to save your own job, but he's still not a hockey idiot. He still understood the game from a scouting perspective sure. and what and what's good about certain players on the ice. I didn't love every movie made and I didn't love every business decision, but he's not he's not hockey stupid. Nope. But when you're the only person that was there Yeah, when you get no was, pushback when you <laughs> It was easy to keep making decisions and to have these other people to want to keep their jobs like DJ Smith and everything that Oh, the players like the coach and the coach, like stop with all of that. And now you're seeing that this team literally cannot play defense and doesn't have good goaltending. And so how do you fix it? You fix it by having these true colors be shown and you get good hockey people in. Like I talked about it with you last time that I do think the combination of Jacques and Daniel mm-hmm. is a good combination to help teach long term. And the only way they're going to be able to teach long term is to have the warts show. And man, are they showing. And I'm really happy that they are, that it's not taking until February or March or heaven forbid the beginning of next year to prolong this agony for people. So I'm happy that the team is struggling right now because I think there's a lot of identifying and understanding what yeah removing any work. ambiguity here like like correct you don't You're want clearing don't, up the entire process. how many different teams have we seen over the years once they're clearly out of it no pressure teams start taking you lightly and you run off a pretty good record to finish the year and it talks it looks sweet it looks enticing and you go. Hey, maybe next year, you know, if we play like we played in the second half, that stop. No, that never works. And so, never. so far, there's no sign of that here that, uh, of that ambiguity. And so look earlier in the week on Monday, Lloydy was in here, uh, on Wednesday, we had uh, Brandon Mackey in here and I asked them both the same thing. Cause it seems like people have come around to, this is obviously a player issue and we've removed the coach. We've removed the GM. And so I asked both those guys, how deep would you cut if you were willing to start to turn over, uh, bring in some new attitude, some new personnel, these sorts of things. I've said it on both shows. The only guys for me on this entire roster that are untouchable would be Stutzla, would be Brady, and would be Josh Sanderson. Jake Sanderson, excuse me. Yeah. Is there anyone else for you? Because Lloydie pumped the brakes and said, I don't think they're going to do anything with the young core yet, like your Norris's or your Bathersons. He wasn't ready to go there yet. He wanted to maybe bring in some vets around the the outside. Uh, Mackie was sort of similar. Go ahead. Did did you know that Lloydie, sorry to interrupt, did you know that Lloydie's middle name was Sam? (laughs) I did not. Safety Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Safety Sam's never ready. Safety Sam's never ready to do anything crazy. No, let's keep the core together. Um, sorry to interrupt you. 
You've got no more sacred I, cows, just those three. I hate how much agreeance there has been in this program. <laughs> Mackie added Chikrin to that list. To me, that was, nah, like I... No, I'm not anxious to get look, rid of the guy. He's been pretty good, no, but 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 yeah. He, if someone came no, with the right offer, some, fine. There are some really good players on that 100%. team that are not named Brady, Stutzler, or Sanderson. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they can win with guys like Norris and Batherson and Chikrin. Sure, they can and Shabbat. They can win with those guys. But are they untouchable, or should they be untouchable? Not a freaking chance. Right, like. If you could get what you like, if you could get more for Chikrin than what you paid for him, right? And you could upgrade your team. Do I like do it Jacob Chikrin. No, I like Chikrin a sure. lot. I think he adds to it, but he's not irreplaceable. Right. There are three guys that are irreplaceable, and you need Tim Sutza and Brady Kachuk to play defense. Yes. You need them to be better in their own end. You need them to buy in and understand and do what people are asking the coaches, not people, coaches asking them to do. They need to do it every game. But can you I, – I, I think Josh Norris healthy is incredible. Sure. I don't know that he's going to be healthy all the time. He's not irreplaceable. Other guys will come along and be just as good as Josh Norris if you find the right guy. There are three guys that are – irreplaceable right now and they're the three that you mentioned nobody else and again it doesn't mean there aren't good players and that you can't win with the chickens and the shabbats and the norrises and the bathersons you can win with them but something's bad in the stew here like you need some new ingredients somewhere and again i'm not saying it has to be these other guys but it could be these other guys like it's well and i I don't know what their worth is right now as compared to like what they're worth is on the senators uh, in a new environment, new coach, yeah. new atmosphere. I think you have to evaluate, especially say a guy like Drake Batherson. What is his value to the team if a coach does hold him accountable and he starts playing defense better? Right. And he's either going to do that or he's not going to play. What? And if he doesn't play. You're not getting anything for no him value. anyway. Yeah. So it's up to Drake Batherson and what his value is in this new environment. I don't think you can judge what these players' values are right now because they're in a completely new environment with new coaches, new attitude, asking them to do new things until you see whether they can do them or not. I know that's kind of a chicken crap way out of this discussion, and I don't mean it to be because you know that's not me. But I, I truly believe I don't know what Thomas Shabbat is anymore, but I would like to see what he could be in Ottawa as opposed to just going, well, we have Jake Sanderson, right. Shabbat makes $8 million, let's get rid of him. So you're well, willing, you would be willing to move some of these guys, but the ones who are a little better, who are a little more, let's not do it yet. Let's see what Jacques Martin maybe can teach them. What a different environment might be able to get out of them before yeah, you make I, these moves. I, I, I would say both. Okay. I would say if somebody came to me with an offer that blew my mind for Thomas Shabbat or Jake Chikrin or Drake Batherson or Josh Norris, right. I would pull the trigger. If I really believed I was getting more and my team would be better. I don't think they're irreplaceable. Right. I would pull the trigger. 
But at the same time, that doesn't mean I want to trade them. And it means I do want to see what their values are under a new GM, a new head coach, a new assistant coach, and a completely new environment. Yeah. I don't know what they are in that environment until this plays out further. And their value to this team might be more than you think that it is yeah. when that time plays out. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going down the middle, but I am telling you that there's three guys that are irreplaceable I would not consider trading. The rest of them, if they came to me and said, here's an offer and it blew my mind, I would pull the trigger. Right. But I also am looking forward to seeing in this new environment and under these new coaches who I have a lot of faith in in this whole group that we just talked about, what players can be now as opposed to what – it's like the ceiling. Sometimes there's a ceiling because of the environment that exists around you. If that ceiling – is removed and suddenly you can be more in a different environment mm -hmm. you i don't know what people can be and i'm going to wait and see on some of the better players like you said because i think there is a possibility that their their value is higher and that they're going to be really good for this team but i don't know that yet because i haven't seen them in this under this coaching staff for a, like a, a long time no that's uh that's totally fair Anything else on your mind before we wrap this one up, Lever? What else is uh, what's what else oh, is rattling around I, in there? Uh, not much. Just um, you know, making sure your Leafs are okay. And every time <laughs> I look, I I see seven one victories. I I see near the top of the standings. Um, good for them. They're they're doing exactly what they need to do. Uh, I'm also I when I go back to the NFL for a minute. Yeah, a couple, a few weeks ago. And I just wanted to mention this because I know there's a lot of Buffalo Bill fans. Yep. Um, the Buffalo Bills are two weeks ago or three weeks ago, are they even going to make the playoffs? And oh my God, blah, 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 blah. The Buffalo Bills are maybe the most dangerous team in this entire playoffs. Mm, okay? Spicy. Yeah. Like, and they got from two weeks ago or three weeks ago, are the Bills even going to make the playoffs? To not only did they make the playoffs, but they got the Pittsburgh freaking <laughs> Steelers who couldn't score nine points if I moved out of their way towards the end zone. I'm not sure that they would score more than a touchdown. So if the Buffalo Bills don't beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's going to be and there should be massive changes. And Josh Allen is the same as Dak Prescott. That it's great, lots of publicity. Oh my God, the arm. Look at the things he can do. But he better go out and not make any mistakes and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers handily. And if he does, and if he can control his mistakes, the Buffalo Bills are the most dangerous team in the entire NFL playoffs. My goodness. And I would expect right now, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay. All the years because, to make that claim, right? This this was pretty I up think, and down. I know. And you know what makes teams... I learned this a long time ago, and it, it keeps getting sort of... Not reinventing. It just keeps rearing its head. And it's like people that don't... I didn't see it for a long time. And uh, I hate to do this. Uh, it's going to be hard. AJ Jackiebeck 
get some credit for continually pointing this out to me and others that when you see these teams, there's a trend in the national hockey. Next time you have AJ in, Mm -hmm. I'd really like you to ask him to go in depth on the trends of teams in hockey and in other sports about teams that can score and score at will and produce offense and like the Tampa Bay Lightning, the highest scoring team in all of the National Hockey League, top scoring team, President's Trophy, losing the playoffs. Right. Play play again, <laughs> lead the league in the power play. They're at like 38% losing the playoffs. Oilers. And, the, and when they finally, it's like they get to the top of the mountain because they can score and, and be offensive. It's the Stevie Y thing. I think maybe it's the best example to try to put into sort of the team environment. Steve Eiserman, 120, 140, 160 points, greatest offensive player ever. The second he actually started caring about playing in his own end and understanding what the coach was asking him to do and winning faceoffs and killing penalties and doing all the other things, guess what? The Red Wings won Stanley Cups, but they didn't do it when they were leading the league and winning President's Trophies and scoring the most goals. Same thing with the Tampa Bay Lightning, who led everything, every category possible until they learned how to win. And the Buffalo Bills have been now through that. They can score. Josh Allen's amazing. Look at the offense. They can do anything they ever wanted, except for win now in big spots. And they've had more adversity this year than almost any other team. And when you get a talented team that has scored a lot of points, that has had massive losses in playoffs and choked in the biggest moments when they should have beat Kansas City and gone to the Super Bowl and found a way to lose that game and had all the adversity this year that they weren't going to make the playoffs, and now they're sitting in the playoffs, and now they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers who couldn't score on you and me, I'm telling you, (laughs) this team is the most dangerous team And I think they're going to the Super Bowl. And when you go through that much adversity and you get another chance, that's when teams understand what to do in the right time. I I hope for the Dallas Cowboys that that can happen. I'm too biased to think that I can pull my heart out of it to say (laughs) that they, they will. But I don't care if the Buffalo Bills win or lose, but I'm... I would put my money on the Buffalo Bills for everything they've been through. The the attrition and the coach and the quarterback and some of the members of the defense that have been there through all of the tough things. They get another chance and they get a really good chance this year to start the playoffs off with a team that they can beat. I'm I, I really like them this year. And I want to I wanted to say that before we go. Uh, I got one last one I want to ask you about here and as far as the NFL goes. What do you think happens with uh, with Belichick? He said this week he wants to return. Are you interested if you're in New England? Is that guy so big, of, you know, of such a big part of your organization that you'd be scared to move on? What do you think happens there? Do you think Bill Belichick can be successful if the Patriots resign him? No. Yeah. The answer is no. Okay. So I don't. So okay. But the answer is no, not because he's a horrible coach, or because it's past his his prime. He doesn't have the players, and he doesn't believe in the quarterback or any of the quarterback play. He needs his own way of doing things with the right personnel and the people that believe in him. 
Bill Belichick has a chance to be successful again in the NFL because he's a brilliant mind, but he's not a mind that evolves necessarily over time like other people do. And if he doesn't have the right personnel, it's going to be an epic failure wherever he goes. But if he, if the right spot is out there, and I'm not, I, and I know that's not New England. So I'm telling you yeah. that I don't, even if New England rehires him, which I would, I mean, he's such a great coach. Why wouldn't you want a great coach in your organization that sure. you've had? So I understand why they would want him back. But if they get him back, I don't think they're going to be any better. But I do think if he goes somewhere else, he can have a big part of the process of who is going to be there for a short term. It's like, to me, it's like looking at great players at the end of their careers. Tom Brady picked his spot in Tampa and he won another Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, other players, like we know Brady and Montana and Rice and like all great players in all sports seem to move on to go even Daniel Alfredson, mm-hmm. right? Now he wasn't successful in Detroit, but they they go to these other places and the the really great ones in football, they bring such an aura around them that they're allowed to do it. And Bill Belichick would know if he goes somewhere else, he doesn't have five years or ten years to build a program. It just doesn't exist in his timeline anymore. So if he goes to a place it's going to be a place that he has a direct impact on the players that are coming in. And it's in this like Tom Brady going to Tampa. I'm going to win in the next two years with these people or damn well, this is what I'm going to try. I actually think that will happen because I don't think the Patriots are interested in doing that in the the first, like they've been terrible for the last couple of years I don't think they're interested in trying to take one last shot with Belichick and sell the farm to make him happy. Right. And then be bad for the next 10 years after that. <laughs> so I don't think that's, that's the penance they should have to pay after two decades of success. It, it, <laughs> you're right. And you know what? It should be longer than that. Yeah. But, but I, I do think that he'll try and go somewhere else. Where that right fit is, to me, completely depends on the quarterback. Um, and I'm not sure I know the answer to that question. Uh, I think after the season, I, I'll be able to answer that a little bit more. But my bet would be that Bill Belichick is coaching another team next year with a quarterback that he likes a whole lot better than the one he has now. Yeah. I guess that's where we'll wrap this one up. Lever, good to talk to you as always. Great to talk to you, my friend. Always good, and we'll try to, again, depending on what happens in the results on, on Sunday, quickly, <laughs> how quickly you catch up with me, where right. I am, I don't know. He may um, need some emotional recovery time. Uh, some Italian wine and beer <laughs> and, and almond wine, just not out of the glass or shot glass that I drank the almond <laughs> wine out of. Uh, no. Send uh, me a picture. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> You know how excited I am about that. Yes, that's why I'm going to send it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. No. We'll uh, we'll touch base again next week. As you said, we don't know exactly what day that'll be, but we'll uh, we'll make it happen, and uh, and we'll see what's going on then. But uh, in the meantime, that's where we'll wrap up. Uh, on behalf of Lever Sage, my name is Matt Robinson. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. 
I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better!